Coming up, readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb Stormlight. Home sympathy. Harness Sayadar and Sayadeen. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. What's up, Seventh Precinct? This is Phantology once again, coming to, coming at you live, coming at you live with uh, me, Stephen, Jake, and Josh <laughs> together. Also, also R.I.P. Seventh Precinct. <laughs> yeah, yeah, R.I.P. Seventh so, Precinct. Full spoilers. Uh, full spoilers, as you can tell, um, for Daniel Green's novella *Breach of Peace*, and uh, Ben is on the line too. So, got to get yeah. his name out there. Thank you. To start out. Why, why was it called Breach of Peace? That's, that's not a criticism. That's a discussion point. I think that it was a Breach of Peace because there's this uneasy peace between the inspectors and the Ministry of Death, it seems like. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. they're just kind of coexisting and there wasn't really much happening there until this. it seems like this event is going to break the camel's back and set up everything for Daniel's expanded okay. universe that he's going for. Yeah, I, I just yeah. thought it was because there had been peace for a long time and now we have this violence. I guess what Ben said just in a Ben said it better. Go with what he said. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So full spoilers. If you like Phantology, you can find more at www.phantologybooks.com and support on Patreon at patreon.com slash phantology underscore books. Let's just go right into the plot. So should we talk about the characters, the three main characters, and kind of go from there? Yeah. Okay, so number one. Clid, K-H-L-I-D. I think that's how you pronounce her name. So she's like a middle-aged woman, uh, talks about like having some lines on her forehead or something like that. So we, I would suspect she's like late thirties or so, and she's been an inspector for a while and she seems you know fairly competent. And uh, I don't know, what would you guys say about her? Yeah, yeah, she's like the lead inspector for the precinct, right? Like she's Is she the her husband's superior. Yeah. And Chapman superior. And she talked about how she's the one where she gets all the information at the end and she's the one who has to like piece everything together. Yeah, she's been around the block. She kind of reminds me of Murphy a little bit if you've read Dresden Files. Like okay, she yeah. like can kick most police officers' butts because she actually trains and everybody else kind of doesn't. And she she's yeah. very perceptive at the first part of the book. Although I will say at the at the beginning, you feel like you're ahead of the curve. And that changes very quickly because you you realize very quickly that Clid doesn't know anything that's going on, and she's you're kind of seeing everything through her eyes, and so therefore okay. you're kind of in the dark about everything too. I got I got a Vlora vibe, yeah, from her. Big okay. vibe, yeah. Powder yeah. mage, lots of powder mage similarities. Yeah, I think the like the wardens from powder mage similar to to the anointed. Uh, well, more of just like the the demon creature. Mm, I pictured more like vampire for the demon creature. Like a, I guess like, we, yeah. should, we shouldn't probably talk about that too much because there'd be spoilers for Powder Mage going in there. But yeah, I'm starting to. I've only read the first one and I kind of lost. So. Rewind. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we didn't say any spoilers yet. We'll, we'll try to avoid that. Uh, okay, so that's that's clear. One thing I thought about her that I didn't like quite as much was 
I feel like there was too much navel gazing with her where especially at the end of chapters or at least two chapters where it just kind of like ended with her like reflecting on what the case was and what the status was it's like yeah you know I kind of already know this I don't really need the the recap here like I'm I'm already along for the ride so um thank you but not necessary Th that is a little bit of a criticism I think is that um, he kind of restated some things, which I think is really easy to do. Like in the little bit of writing I've done, I always find that I'm going back and like clarifying something that I don't, don't know if I said as clearly mm -hmm. as I thought I had. It's I hard to know if your readers are with you. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and we kind of talk about this in the non-spoiler, but especially for a mystery story where you're trying to leave clues for the readers, but not too much. So you're like bouncing do I need to reiterate this? So it's like, really is a clue yeah. or am I overdoing it? Yeah, especially like right in the beginning with like the blood splatter on the little glass window pane. Like yeah. he, he talked about that a few times. It was like, focus on this. Yeah, but that's it. There was some good misdirection. Uh, there was. Like with the, the ripped pocket on Chapman. I mean, that was- That was a misdirection. Yeah, that wasn't really anything, was it? That's That's probably my main criticism with the, yeah, something just kind of the plot or the mystery. I didn't understand how seeing an inspector's coat with a ripped pocket meant that he was up to something shady. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Was, so, and it didn't really explain how it- Just a point of clarification, was that, did Chapman break into the uh, shed? That's kind of what I thought, that he ripped his, uh jacket well, there's like, no blood on him though but yeah i don't know maybe that that's not what i thought i thought the husband did it and the husband like broke in to get a get a weapon and then ended up getting overpowered you, you mean the the lord of the manor the one that was demonized yeah lord pruitt no, yeah pruitt. sorry i meant the husband of that family that's what i assumed hmm. but i guess uh yeah we, i guess we need a reread or i, I would or, or maybe it's supposed to be vague but but from my like understanding of it, I thought the pocket and the fact that he didn't have a service revolver on him was kind of hinting that he was up to something shady and it was supposed to connect to him being like having an informant at the, re the rebellion or being part of the rebellion. Huh. But I don't understand how that really connects. But maybe it is supposed to be the glass thing, but he's not bleeding. So I don't think it was that. One other misdirection, I, I thought that that case that Sam came back from about the chickens. Yeah, was going yeah. to do something. Yeah. That, that's, that's like a way that a lot of authors set things up like, oh, I'm back from this thing that doesn't mean anything and don't think again about it. And then later on, it's like, oh my gosh, this is the thing. Then you find and, out there was demon chickens that have been yeah, affecting the food supply. I, I was thinking something, but, but that was it, was, it was not like that. Well, okay, can I just kind of push back yeah. on that a little bit? Okay. I feel like that was kind of meant to illustrate what type of activities that the inspectors were running around doing. It's kind uh, of like they, they were kind of being used in such a way to kind of give the public like this false sense of security, like, hey, we have these people out there in the community serving and helping. Well, you know, in reality, you have like the ministry, like controlling yeah, okay. everything. Okay. So I don't know. I agree that it could have been, probably been used better, but that's kind of what I take from that. I don't know that I'm saying it's a bad thing. I mean, I'm just it was saying a good it wasn't what I was expecting. I, yeah. yeah, I was trying to predict what would happen. I was wrong. Also, yeah, there was like this little thought in my mind that this assistant that he left back and the chicken coop is like going to become yeah. and save the day or something. But eh. I also but, thought that uh, Rawlings, Rollins guy, the, the like junior him. inspector, I thought he might have been uh, part of the resist part of the uh, resistance Re or rebels. rebels. Yeah. No, dude, he was 
solid policeman. Well, I thought maybe it was set up to where he was supposed to look like that and he was being, you know, mocked by Chapman and he was going to like turn the tables on him and be like, Yeah, because Chapman also said guy. something like, Are you sure that your apartment, your department's clean? Like you were expecting somebody else to kind of be a quote unquote trader or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah, yeah that, that didn't really pan out, huh? Well, who knows? Because I, I think it might have just been that the whole system was corrupt, that they were all serving like this corrupt yeah. thing, the people that were torturing, you know, like. Oh, I yeah. thought he meant clean, like there'd be other people that were part of the rebellion. Yeah, that's, I think but that I is not. what he meant. Mm -hmm. I guess I there's know. just kind of this air of mystery. We're not, we don't have all the information. So Tur yeah. In the comments and Discord, let us know what you think we're interpreting right or incorrect. <laughs> and right, we obviously think, all did read this pretty quickly. We all read it quickly, but we all read it within the past two days. And all four of us have kind of these confusions around the same things. So, I mean, right. take that for they're, what you will. Okay, well, they might not even be confusions. It yeah. might just be like red herrings throughout the book that yeah. are fine to do. But, and plus, they're that's probably like just, it could have been natural dialogue. You know, that's what Chapman's character would have been saying at the time. Yeah, but could whether put pieces really together had, to figure out it was that like Chapman a smoking gun or not. Sorry, okay, but here's the thing though: could put pieces together to figure out that uh, that Chapman was part of the rebellion, and we should have known what those pieces were and why they fit together. Did she? She thought he had an informant. No, yeah. Okay, yeah. informant like part of the rebellion. It's similar, but why would she think that? Just because he was acting shady. Because he kept getting information faster yeah. than everyone else. And everyone was just like, oh, he's super smart. And she was like, no, that he's still getting information that we, that, that like. I don't know, man. I, I still think that he, she should have had some reason to figure that out. If you've worked with somebody for like however long they've worked together and they've never given you a reason to distrust them. Mm -hmm. And you know that they're like this genius detective that figures out more cases than like the rest of the precinct combined. Uh, well, you've got to like, believe. With Sherlock, like. Um, I'm mostly thinking of the BBC Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch. Like you always have the cops thinking that he's, that he either has an informant or is the one committing the crimes. And there's, they're always trying to prove that. Who's, what's the name of the, I, I know, I'm trying to remember it. The police chief who always like gets Sherlock in on the cases. That's uh, Rollins to me. The Rollins, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's the dude's name? I mean, it's a name from the actual books. Uh, but, but going back to what you said, Ben. <laughs> inspector inspector i i kind of get with what you're saying i don't understand how the ripped pocket connects to that but i do understand she had these questions he acted shady and she's like wait why is he acting shady here he has been getting information super quick he probably has this informant that no one else knows about and he's using it to his advantage i i think that made sense she didn't know he was part of the rebellion. I, I just don't know how having an informant would be like treason. Like that seems a little bit, you know, excessive. Well, I think that's having an informant that you haven't. I mean, like you've got like they believe yeah. that the that the rebellion is like this terrorist organization that goes around bombing schools and little kids and stuff. So like, which it, it might that, be. It was kind of vague whether that was them or that uh, was, could have been part no. of the ministry. Come on, dude. The ministry at the end burned down the entire brothel and blamed it on the rebellion. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's okay. pretty much confirmed that. <laughs> yeah. It's all the ministry. It's I'm the, an idiot. Like, the ministry, the ministry. <laughs> like the camera. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the ministry of death. Yeah. I mean, so obviously, like, uh, the rebellion does still exist because uh, Chapman was getting his information from somebody. 
Well, no, he, he was, was an informant. He was well, part yeah, of the, he he no, no, but he was the, he was part of the rebellion. Like he was getting information from other rebellion members. I'm just saying, he was rebe- part of the, the rebellion. Yes. Move, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. Ben is Ben is clarifying that the rebellion does in fact exist, and it's right. Not I'm saying that they probably events. weren't the ones doing the terrorist activities. Right. You could have made the case that rebellion is completely made up, and that the ministry is just completely making that's, them up. That's true, except for yeah. Chapman being part being of the part rebellion. Of yeah. Right. I I do hope that the rebellion, like, because it's heavily insinuated that she's going to go join the rebellion, or it's like told that she's. <laughs> she's she she said she wanted to. <laughs> yeah, isn't like that's what she wanted to do, but she got she got offed, man. Oh, she got yeah, owed. Yeah, yeah. My bad, <laughs> well, dude. But okay, here's the thing: she might not have been because at the end, the nobody anointed was like, "We need another yeah. subject." Yeah, it's your little bird. Yeah, your little rabbit. Little yeah. rabbit. Yeah. yeah. Well, she would. I mean, implying that she'd become one of those icker creatures. Yeah, but I can yeah. see. I can not see a desirable she, fate, man. She could have escaped. No. We didn't see happen on screen. Yeah, after getting after getting her knee blown out with a knife, she's not going anywhere, man. That was yeah. I'm just gonna say that was my one complaint is that literally nobody survived. Not yeah, even that's a nice prostitute. Aspect. Yeah, this is like a slasher where everybody dies. Yeah, you seen Cabin in the Woods? Maybe maybe Clid survived in some. I mean, he if he wanted to, if Daniel wanted to, he could bring her back in some guys. Some rebellion people could come in, rescue her. She could very well. She's probably dead. She's probably dead, which is yeah. too bad, but also kind of perfect for the ending. Yeah, yeah. I mean, after you see Chapman die and Samuel die, she's at least not going back to be an inspector because one of the things that he did twice was a Stephen King thing, right? Yeah. That's what I'm, I haven't read any Stephen King actually, uh, a gap in my fantasy knowledge, but he does like things where he kind of spoils what's going to happen a little bit further in advance. And so there are a couple lines, like he says, this is the last crime scene of her career. And he says that they shared, Clint and Samuel shared their last kiss. And that's like, yeah, bad things are coming. I think this is an example of how his prose is really good in parts like i thought it was um above average and some parts it was really good like throwing those in even though it's kind of spoiling what's going to happen you don't know how and you have this like tension and disbelief like immediately i'm like in denial like no well, there's some way that's gonna like, be overturned oh, how is, but yeah you're like how is he gonna make that true but also like unexpected but still hoping it'll come true in the way I wanted to. Yeah. So I don't know. That yeah. was, I that was wish good. that one of those things would have been flipped on its head a little bit. Yeah. Like, they weren't, Stephen King does that more. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I still think that they serve the purpose of like building this dramatic tension. Yeah. Although, Dune does the same thing, and you guys no, criticize no, no. Okay. Dune okay. over that. Oh, no, no, no. Crusade on Dune. Okay, wait, let's not spoil Dune. Well, we're just saying that Dune does things just that like aspect. That I know. I'm not. Right, but there is very specific things about Dune. Yeah, we're not going to say what they are. We'll just. I'm. I know. But okay. That, that Let's move on from Dune. Okay. This work. You three have this dark assorted watch history. Our, of Dune. Watch our Dune review. <laughs> Let us know how wrong uh, yeah. Stephen and Josh are. I okay. I didn't love that way in Dune. I don't know if I love it in general. I like more of the surprise aspect. Is that more? I mean. Is that more of a horror thing? Like, I just know really Stephen King does it. And now I've read yeah. it in this, in this book, which is, has a lot of those elements. So maybe it's, it's like 
an archetype of that genre. I feel like Dean Koontz does that too. Does he? I've only read a couple of his. I don't remember it particularly. Yeah, I feel like it's done less in like fantasy, fantasy, and more in like kind of like the pulpy. Yeah. Okay. I enjoyed it. The aspect of it. Okay, um, we, we talked Clids. Talk Clids. Yeah. Uh, how about Samuel? Samuel was the most forgettable movie. person for me. I, I didn't love Samuel. I'll be honest. I think the highlight of his character was the rivalry with Chapman, but Chapman was more interesting overall. Mm-hmm. Chapman was great. Not not just his backstory, which was more interesting, mm-hmm. but him as a character too. His interactions with other people, how he was kind of just a, a jerk to everyone, but like recognized it didn't want to be kind of Sherlock-esque. Did, did you read him as like being on the spectrum at all? Samuel? I, did, I kind of thought about that. Chapman. Chapman. Samuel. Let's talk about Chapman. Oh. No, no, we got to talk okay, about Samuel. Okay, fine, fine. But yeah. we just... But no, no, I saw him here. I have stuff to say about Samuel. <laughs> Samuel is not a very good character. Okay? He Samuel was a good character, but no, he, yeah. he wasn't that interesting. Here's my take on Samuel. You don't want, in, in, I mean, in your fantasy story, you don't want, like, the princess that everyone has to save that's helpless. I felt like Samuel was, like, the male version of that, like, Clid was the capable wife, and Samuel was kind of, like, the husband who was hot-headed and couldn't hold things together and wasn't particularly smart and didn't really ever do he anything was productive. I, I was he? Was, I mean, he, he was the second best. He got totally outmaneuvered. We were told he was smart. Yeah. Did we see him being that yeah. smart? I, I just felt like he was kind of like a, a bumbling husband character. I didn't see him as that. As a bumbling Hot-headed. husband myself. <laughs> <laughs> so you related to Samuel. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel like Samuel was my least favorite character, but he was also the one I related to most. <laughs> I, I liked how he was introduced through Clid's perspective. Are we sure it's Clid? I feel like it's Cliss for some reason. There's no S. Clid, There's no S. I, I don't no. know why. Okay, I just want to make sure Chris, it's in, right? Chris from yours, yours best yeah. Chapman is That's why, with yeah. your... <laughs> I like yeah. how he was introduced through Clid's perspective. And, you know, like, it's kind of built up. Because, like, in her mind, she sees him as, you know, not perfect, but really great. Yeah, she and loves then, him. So I loved how we got that introduction. And then immediately you get, like, the conflict between him and Chapman. And so you can kind of compare and contrast what really are his strengths and what really are his weaknesses through different um, perspectives. I just figured out she's Hermione Granger and he's Ron Weasley. No, he's not Ron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, he's not. Dude, Ron could definitely never... not movie Ron. And he's better than book Ron. Ron could never have pulled off the grab the gun while you push the guy away. You know, like yeah. holstering. That was a pretty cool move, man. He was smart. They did show that he was smart because I mean, most of his focus was on Chapman, but he was able to kind of figure out what Chapman's goal was and trying to like solve the case himself and get rid of them, right? Or maybe that was more Clid. I can't remember who. Yeah. When they're in the manner of like, oh, he's going to the cellar. We got to wrap up here quick and mm, get there. That's true. Yeah. He was he was just really focused on Chapman and that rivalry, which brought him down a notch, not in characterization, but just the- as a person i like the moment when uh you see through clid's eyes both of them talking chapman and samuel talking back and forth and she says something like you know they they work together so well and they were making a lot of progress on the case uh, and would it's just kind of a shame that they have this rivalry yeah. that, that prevents more productive work yeah okay let's talk about chapman then <laughs> going back to josh um josh's comment i didn't see him as on the spectrum 
Um, I kind of saw the opposite. I saw him as like, I don't know, I guess you could argue that the Sherlock from BBC, you know, is on the spectrum. I would say so. But, but I, I saw it like similar to that, but in a more like, I don't know, suave way. He seemed pretty suave with yeah. his tattoos. Yeah. So they never addressed the tattoos more. I wanted more like information of the tattoos. I, I want Idris Elba to play him. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I was focused on the tattoos because I just read the uh, the blade itself. Oh yeah. And Fenric, what Fenric Greyback? Fen- Fenric the Feared. Fenric the Feared. Uh huh. Yeah. Man, that guy made an impression oh, on yeah. us. Anyways. Yeah. I I will say maybe the tattoos were like a secret part of being in the rebellion that we don't know about. But yeah. Yeah. No. Well, but he, he'd only been in the rebellion for a few months, and the tattoos were. Oh really- yeah. Plus, if that was a rebellion thing, you think that would have been like a clear, yeah, yeah oh, like clue to that. All right, so department. Chapman, the guy with the tattoos, that's how that's how we think of him, apparently. And apparently, the ripped shirt that is an indicator of yeah, the, the pocket. Yeah, <laughs> um, I thought one good characterization move was having him be terrible with the off- officers underneath him. Yeah, not remembering their names. He just, in general, was not great with people. He was brilliant, but wasn't a very good leader. That made him a good. But he wanted to character. be. You know, he's like, oh, you know. I- he wanted to be better, but it wasn't like a, it didn't seem like his wasn't journey was striving to be list. better. It's just like, yeah, I should be better. Hmm. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. I liked his interactions with Officer Schmitz. Schmitz. Uh-huh. That was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. There was some humor. I, I get, yeah, that's, that's a good point. I had noted down that I wanted more dark humor. I felt like there could have been more dark humor. But that was a good humorous yeah. moment. Yeah. Okay. Okay. My here's here's the thing. Okay, we've kind yeah. of talked about these three characters, but should we have? Because they're all dead. I don't understand this book, you guys. Like in the fact that we're we're gonna read more in this world, hopefully soon. But all these characters are dead. Do we care about the guy that's crying over his dead brother at the end? Allegedly. <laughs> they're <are> dead. dead. <laughs> Chapman was ripped in half. Okay, yeah. I guess we didn't necessarily see Chapman die. We just I was hoping him. that Chapman killed the anointed. That's what I thought. Yeah, that yeah, part yeah. too. And then yeah. I was like, nope, it's not that book. No. <laughs> I liked, like I said, I have hope that Clid makes it out somehow. But I like, why can't you be the first successful test? Yeah. Well, Chapman was successful to some degree. Like he was able to keep his mind enough to know to fight and help Clid. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But at the same time, I like how like neatly it wraps up. You know, this happened. Kind of like a Rogue One. Yeah, like a yeah, like Rogue One. Okay, sure. Um, and to it, bring it back to 1984, yeah, it ends in this ominous, you know, mood of the heroes didn't win. I liked rats, it. Man. Yeah. The rats. <laughs> Dude, that's garbage. <laughs> yeah. And this is a this is a novella. There's gonna be two more novellas. He wants to write more in the world as well. I mean, if you think of like, let's say the novella came after a full novel that he had written and the full novel is about it with a bunch of other characters. You, yeah, you, get this, you get this novella with some one-off characters. They explore things a little bit. They die. You're like, yeah, whatever. Cause you know, we got Expands full novels. Expands the world. Yeah. 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 So maybe by the time, you know, the full novels, the, the series is a little bit further on. We look back on this. We're like, oh yeah, you know, they died, but okay. They introduced the world. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Even though I, really want to see more of Clid. It is a novella introducing this world. I think he says there's going to be three novellas in this series. Uh-huh. I could see each one with a completely different cast. Maybe like a rebel 
group that gets yeah. wiped out at the end. That's especially, like straight out of Rogue One. Yeah. <laughs> but especially as a novella, like if you're expecting these characters to really span multiple novellas, like then it would just be a book, right? You'd condense those <laughs> yeah. into a book. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, yeah, there must have been some reason that he yeah. did three novellas. So, Maybe this is why. So I think so, it's perfectly acceptable. You may not like it just because it's like so not second, a happy ending. Second novella, like be warned, the characters are probably gonna the chicken, die. It's the one guy that got spared from the <laughs> seven priests yeah. up in the chicken coop. Yeah, yeah. The second novella picks up with the chicken, chicken case. <laughs> I got he it. He like comes back right in this whole department because he's part of technically part of the seventh, right? True. <laughs> the seventh is alive. Daniel Green, if you're watching this, we figured comment, it out. Chickens. If we're on the right track. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have a few minutes remaining. Uh, what other plot events are, are worth talking about? One thing for me, I thought that the whole tone was set up really well by mm. just by showing that the boy, the, the infant that was like hit gruesomely dead and hanging oh, by the windowsill. Like terrible image, right? I mean, I'm not saying that's something that I like to see, but it set up the imagery of what the book was going to be excellently right from the beginning. And... I just read another book that was a little more grimdark, but it didn't get into the grimdarkness until a little bit later on. And I felt that that was a little jarring. I just felt that that was a little more jarring. And so I like this decision to show you right away what to expect. Yeah, I agree with that. I will say I'm, I didn't really understand like the whole, the Pruitt family is like producing, is founded or this ministry found a way to produce metal that the Pruitt family is going to, like use and then the ministry had to send them a message by experimenting on them and it, it that part kind of got convoluted for me like i think i understood most of that but yeah i'm not sure why they need to be made such examples of i think the overall resolution at the end when you finally understand what happened i think it makes sense like perfect sense i do think probably one of the weakest parts is just them piecing together these clues when they were right or when they were wrong, just these kind of the logical jumps were a little too big of jumps in my opinion. Right, because they didn't, here's the thing though, she didn't like, Clint didn't get anywhere close to solving anything until Chapman was like, yo, this is what's going down. Meet me at the at the docks. She, well, she had, yeah. she had certain things like spot on. She knew the murders were done to send a message. She right. assumed it was a rebellion. It wasn't a rebellion. It was the Ministry of Defense. And then they assumed with the steel stuff that he was making these huge profits, which is why this happened, which it is at the end. It was because he was trying to rip off the empire, right? Yeah. And this aspect, it was done well where, you know, kernels of truth were there, but not all together. But I do think some of the logical conclusions were too but big of here's my thing though her figuring stuff out didn't drive the plot it's one thing if she's like oh i yeah. found this clue i gotta go to the docks because that's where it's going down it's another thing if you just get told to go that's to the true docks. Kind of the plot was dragging our characters along rather than the characters maybe moving the plot along i could see that criticism a little bit yeah can we talk about my favorite scene the seller scene okay yeah. i mean I, I know we only have a few minutes left but this was what sold me on the book this scene like uh her clean feeling like this oppressive darkness, her struggling with like against herself as much as this creepy environment she was in, 
the kind of I read it as like a vampire dropping on her. That's like what was in my mind going yeah, into like the a blood. vampire cave. With the blood into her mouth. And... Blood into her mouth. Oh yeah. Like I, I, yeah. I almost gagged. Like I had a physical reaction to that. Uh, don't do that, Jay. <laughs> but about then, how it had like it had this magical power of being able to yell super loud and stun our three heroes. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was cool. Yeah. I have like ingrained in my mind the vision of like her looking up and just seeing it like on the ceiling yeah. and all the folds of its skin and yeah yeah, yeah. Dude, very descriptive really really yeah, it's definitely a it's definitely a red core vampire if it's a vampire <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think that this was like the most immersive like horror setting I've been in in a really long time it, it kind of reminds me of like some scenes in it I haven't read it last hitters for me I wanted to know more about the almighty showing up with technology. I mean, is this like Zuckerberg coming in or like, what is this? Um, and then these anointed ones as well. Like we just don't have any detail. I don't necessarily think that's a knock on the book. I'm just interested to learn more. Yeah, it's a hook for me. It makes me want to read more. Yeah. Sorry, I, I just wanted to make sure we leave some time for worst of the best. Cause I feel like we owe this book the worst of the best segment. Worst of the best, I'm going to go. The worst of the best with so many exemplary moments in this book it's almost unfair to nitpick but that's the segment it's the pimple on the princess the stain on the satin and the terror before the triumph the unfortunate portion of an otherwise stellar performance. Someone has to point it out. Okay, let's hear yours. <laughs> okay, where's the best? I loved the tertiary characters. Uh, I specifically loved the the brothel and how capable all those characters were. The okay. worst part of that is how just unnecessarily they all got killed off. I don't know. I feel like we need at least one one tertiary or some character to make it out of there alive to kind of the tell the story of what happened. The journalist survived. He wasn't there. Her brother, his yeah. brother, his half brother. Yeah, brother, I, know, I know. I'm just saying one well, person. His brother died. Only one person that we know of survived. Him and the chicken guy. Chicken guy. Okay. Right. My, my work for the best has to do with the journalist guy. I loved how we got that perspective changed, how we got that, like, okay, there's this, like, yeah. mystery of truth. I don't know if that's exactly what they're called, but that's, like, what I think of them. Yeah. And that they're really driving all the narrative. I just wish we would have had a little bit more of that, maybe, like, a little bit longer page count. Maybe it's because, like, I thought I had another 5% of the book left, but that was the acknowledgments. So I was kind of, like, expecting a little bit more on that <laughs> ended. All right, fine. <laughs> Yeah, mine. I love the grimdark feel. I thought there was like so much vomit, too much vomit. She was just like, <laughs> she was throwing up way too much. Like, what did she eat before? She's what concussed. is she? What is she throwing? She was just throwing up so much. She didn't much. even throw up after the concussed, man. Oh yeah, she I felt like every chapter she was throwing up. Uh, that's an exaggeration. Maybe I just don't like vomiting. <laughs> I think that's like the nastiest thing in the whole book. Even uh, I, I don't know. I just have this visceral reaction of vomiting. I don't like doing it. I don't like seeing it. It's like Abercrombie with urinating every every character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So lots of vomit. <laughs> All right, Jake. I, you know, I'm having a hard time. Like there are things I liked and there are things I disliked, but combine them. <laughs> do they overlap? You know, I would I'd say just the uh, the mystery in general. Parts of it were 
super engaging and I really liked it. And other parts looking back, I just don't realize what the importance there was. All right, All right. that's a wrap. Thank you, Daniel Green, again, for the advanced copy. And uh, if you are watching this, go ahead and pre-order. Well, actually, this will be out by the time it's out, so go, just go and Order. buy it. Yeah. Get it. Yeah, just go get it on Amazon. Come on, uh, support our, our, our booktuber here. Um, thanks for thanks for watching. Thanks for uh, you know tuning into this nice live. We're not. It's not a live. It's not live. I don't know. It's, a, it's, a, live. it's a live. I don't know. How do we? We're in the same in person. Yeah, in person. Let us know how. Let, let us know how we look full body. We're all still handsome, right? All right. <laughs> See everyone later. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>